A timeline for the evolution of American comics publishing since the 1980s tracks to the career of journalist Calvin Reed as tightly as any superhero's outfit. A coincidence? Definitely not. Welcome to CCC's podcast series. I'm Christopher Keneally for Velocity of Content. From 1987 until his retirement in January, Calvin Reed reported on all aspects of comic publishing as a writer, editor, and podcaster at Publishers Weekly. Over that generation, Reed covered the artists and their audiences, the comic books, and the comics business. Milton Greep, founder and CEO of comic B2B site ICV2, has hailed Calvin Reed as a key figure in the growth of the graphic novel, a publishing format increasingly critical to the industry. Total comics and graphic novel sales to consumers in the U.S. and Canada in 2021 climbed to more than $2 billion, 70% above sales figures for 2019. Sales of graphic novels driven by manga were nearly $1.5 billion, or about three-quarters of the total. Calvin Reed joins me now from New York City to reflect on his calling in comics. Welcome to Velocity of Content. Well, thanks for inviting me, Chris. It's always good to talk to you. Well, we are looking forward to this very much, Calvin Reed. It's uh, it's your story. It's the story of the way the industry has changed as well. And today, every major New York City publisher has either a dedicated graphic novel imprint or a focus line that publishes graphic novels. The, the format is a key contributor to the trade book sector for publishers and for bookstores. Do graphic novels get the credit they deserve for keeping this industry in the black? I think they do now. I think uh, it's hard to ignore the impact that the category is having on the bottom line. My pitches to my bosses back in the day, back in the 80s, when, when I first started working at Publishers Weekly, was always the business side. The cultural side obviously was important to me, but I didn't, you know, I didn't pitch it as, oh, you know, we need to do this because it has literary value, even though it did. Uh, I pitched it as a as a business proposition. I mean, PW is ultimately a business magazine. It's a trade magazine. So my pitch was always that this is what we do. This is an emerging book category. We live in a hyper-visual culture. Comics are as American as apple pie. They need to be in the format that we cover. So uh, I think if you look around now, uh, the fact that the business side of comics is acknowledged, as well as the literary side, yeah, uh, um, we see it in the awards. We see it, uh, as you mentioned, all of the imprints, the hirings that are going on. So I would say, while there is still work to be done about comics being embraced across the culture as a broad spectrum of kinds of storytelling, uh, I think the publishing industry understands that. This is an important market, uh, and it's only growing. And it is growing, as you say, but adoption of the book format came slowly, starting in the late 1970s with works from Will Eisner, Art Spiegelman, Ron Wimberly, and other pioneers, and then accelerating with the rise of non-superhero comics. You've credited librarians and teachers especially for picking up on the graphic novel format. What role did they play? Well, I mean, I mean obviously, librarians... Librarians are, are, are just a key player in, in the culture. I mean, books, reading, this is the stuff that moves civilization from one generation to the next. Librarians have always been important. 
They're the key to making sure we understand how we got to now, how teachers, they help get us from one generation to the next. They also, I think another key element that people sleep on about librarians, they're early adopters of technology. And I came on the scene as technology became more important in the publishing industry uh, in the early 90s, of course, with the introduction of the internet and the World Wide Web. You know, librarians and fans as well, the internet was another one of the, uh, the powerful influences on on making comics, on, on changing comics, we'll put it that way. And of course, librarians picked up on it. I think librarians of a certain generation, I mean, I'm, I'm 71 now. I grew up at a time when teachers and librarians uh, didn't have a whole lot of respect for comics. Uh, you know, you really weren't expected to read them. Nobody wanted you. I mean, you could read them for fun, for kids. You know, as I always like to say, you know, comics were for kids and stupid people. But, you know, we, we've moved beyond that. Librarians were the first to realize and understand it, uh, especially a generation that had come through, say, the 60s and the 70s, underground comics, uh, some of the early books that you mentioned by, by Will Eisner, the alt-comics revolution that took place in uh, the late 70s and into the 80s. They realized that there were other kinds of comics, that they realized, as I did, that comics are a medium. They're not a genre. They can write storytelling Storytelling in all of its uh, ramifications can be done in comics. So librarians were just key in getting them in front of kids, getting them in front of teachers, and also understanding that comics is a multi-genre phenomenon. It's not just one genre, which in this country, you know, superhero comics have kind of dominated. Nothing wrong with superhero comics, but there's more out there than that. And that's the wonderful world we're living in now in North American comics. Well, in Europe and Asia, Calvin Reed, comics are integrated into the general bookstore market. They're sold as books along with other kinds of books. And the U.S. until recently was an outlier. And that difference influenced everything from contract standards around copyright to royalty payments. So tell us why the shift from monthly comics to the book format meant a better deal for authors and for artists. It's a better deal for everybody. I mean, this is not to say that the publishing industry, the book publishing industry, doesn't have its own issues. But the book publishing industry is set up in a different way than the conventional comics industry. And uh, and when I say that, I'm talking about the world of, let's say, the big two, Marvel and DC, the world of comic shops, uh, the direct market comic shops, you know, the local neighborhood shops that, you know, sells or used to sell primarily periodical comics which is, of course, is what the American comics industry, you know, up until the late 70s and into the 80s was. We, it was a periodical. It was a magazine industry based. You know, we got American comic books are actually magazines that come out monthly. But the book trade offers longer stories, obviously, more complex story, different kind of storytelling. It offers better, let's face it, many of the, well, when, when you talk about Marvel and DC, you're talking about licensed characters. Authors don't really own their own copyrights. They work for a fee. They work for rates. Uh, they don't really get royalties. Now, that's changing uh, as the industry realizes it, as the industry becomes more a part of the book industry. But the book industry has agents. You have copyright ownership. You have a broader distribution. And let's face it, comics, graphic novels, whatever you want to call it, they're things to be read. And the readers are in bookstores. So... The book trade had a tremendous impact on the business side 
They also were able to deliver a wider variety of storytelling of all kinds, because that's what it does. And the, the comics industry, and I don't want this to sound like I'm trashing it, because they are evolving too. The direct market store was too much focused on one genre because it was kind of developed to do one thing. Uh, so it's changed. And, and the book industry is changing because of the comics industry. So it's all good. <laughs> In 2020, Calvin Reed, New Kid by Jerry Kraft won the Newbery Award, the first graphic novel to win that prestigious prize. New Kid is representative of how graphic novels have led to diversified content and diversified readership. Calvin Reed, what did that Newbery win mean to you? Well, you know, him winning the Newbery, that was a culmination of a whole lot of years. Those of us in the business, we know Jerry Kraft. Jerry Kraft is, he's a visionary artist, creator guy. You know, he started a comic strip called Mama's Boys uh, when he because he didn't see any comic strips out there or not enough of them aimed at a black readership. Uh, he was a self-publisher before it was cool. Uh, you know, now the, the industry in many ways is driven by self-publishing. He was doing it when it meant, you know, piling books in the back of your car and taking them to every comics festival. You know, there wasn't print on demand publishing. There wasn't this kind of stuff going on. So seeing Jerry Craft recognized for his storytelling, uh, was the capper to a long career. I mean, he started in the 90s, I think, with uh, Mama's Boys. Is the capper to his literary skills. But, you know, for the rest of us, it's like we know that this guy moved through every part of the business to create comics that addressed a, a Black readership and also by addressing a Black readership, creating content open to all Americans. So the Newbery is just, you know, it was like the, the, the cherry on, on top of the uh, his publishing Sunday. <laughs> and can you reflect on the role, Calvin, that you and PW have played in welcoming and supporting graphic novels? Well, you know, I, I was saying earlier, you know, I, you know, I retired, sort of. I'm still editing stuff for PW. I'm a freelancer now. And I appreciate all of the outpouring, the support, the claps on the back, as I tell my wife, Jody that... You know, I like getting a pat on the back. You know, that makes me feel good. That's, you know, I, I, I love this medium. But, you know, I was able to do this because of Publishers Weekly, because I worked at the foremost platform for book publishing and book selling, you know, in the world, certainly in North America. But really, Publishers Weekly is an international publication. And so much of what was inspiring about comics, you know, as you mentioned, is taking place in other parts of the world. So there is a there is a model for me to draw on and to use Publishers Weekly to introduce it. So everything that I have tried to do, I was a liaison. I was I was using Publishers Weekly to do my job and to do what Publishers Weekly does, which is make the world, well, make the trade aware of what's available and the markets that are out there. And so I, I accept all of the accolades on behalf of Publishers Weekly. <laughs> well, well, we are happy to give them to you and and sort of by default to PW. But let me ask a question that really is just for you, Calvin Reed. What's next? <laughs> well, you know, I told somebody today that what's next is for me to chill for a minute because where I don't have a, a, a deadline every five minutes. But, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I've got some things in mind. I, you know, I want to actually do some work on them instead of just talk about them. I'm, I'm continuing to edit The Fanatic, which is PW's twice a month comics and pop culture newsletter. Uh, I'm going to do that for an indeterminate <laughs> continuing amount of time. 
I'll stay on the podcast, the More to Come podcast, or we're going to continue to do that. But I may do some writing. Um, you know, I used to be an artist. I'll say that. And maybe I'll reclaim my time as an artist. We'll see how that goes. So I've got some things that, you know, we'll find out what works out. But thanks for asking. <laughs> you bet. Well, I didn't expect you were going to tell me you weren't going to do much because I knew you'd keep busy. <laughs> Kelvin Reed, best wishes and thanks very much for joining me. Chris, thank you for having me on and for, you know, making me feel like a big shot. I appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that's all for now. Our producer is Jeremy Brisky of Burst Marketing. You can subscribe to our program wherever you go for podcasts. And please do follow us on Twitter and on Facebook. You can also find Velocity of Content on YouTube as part of the CCC channel. I'm Christopher Keneally. Thanks for joining me. 